0: Welcome to The PorchCast, the podcast where we talk about being a creative business owner and all the crazy ups and downs that go along with that. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting, and I can't wait to get started.
1: So our bride this weekend, um, I had never met her before when she first hired us, and she walked in my office and she was precious and bubbly and had huge dreams of what her wedding would be. She wanted um, it was a, a Greek wedding, and she it was. I kept getting the visions of the big fat Greek wedding, and she wanted more and more and more and more white, and a bigger band, and more flowers, and more bridesmaids. And she had these big grandiose plans. But just like every bride, her dad had given her a budget. Yeah. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> and, uh, and her budget was a great budget but you know in the world of weddings you know we're looking at million dollar weddings here in pinterest pictures and that isn't a reality for a lot of people and so right. um you know I, I first started off just kind of help taking all of her dreams and and molding it into a wedding that she could have and I felt like every meeting was like, but I want more, but I want more. And, and, you know, and I would meet with her and meet with her and meet with her and talk to her and talk to her. And in the friendship that we had um, built during the planning process, she, I just said, you've got to trust me. I'm going to, I'm, we're going to deliver a wedding that you are going to love and it is going to be grand and beautiful. And, and I hear you and I know what you want. But you adding and adding and adding to this is not an option. Right. Um, and it's not needed. Like, it was, we don't need to do that. Because you can see the global picture. Right. And, and she, she couldn't. And yeah. she was, like, so hung up on, like, but I have to have a white dance floor. Like, I have to. Like, I'm not yeah. going to get married if I don't have a white dance floor. And so, you know, I just really listened to what she wanted. And I was like, you've got to trust me. you just got to trust me. I promise you I'm not going to let you down. Um, and I think there were days that she really didn't want to trust me, but— ultimately she always did. And, um, I just kept looking at her in the eyes and just saying, I promise you, I'm not gonna let you down. I would never let you down. And so then the wedding comes around this weekend and it was grand and beautiful. And, and, and the images that we got back already show exactly what was in her head and on her Pinterest. And, she cried her eyes out when she was running out the door at the end of the night. She was like, you know, just I love you, and you, and you gave us everything that we wanted. And then, you know, we got the note this morning about how um, she just trusted us to deliver what we promised we would, and we did. And she was happy, and I'm happy, and my team's happy. That's and, amazing. You know, it's just a story of trust, and and it was fun. Totally,
0: mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. Well, I'm so excited to introduce my friend Neely Butler today on the podcast. Neely owns um Marie and Me, a wedding planning boutique based in Birmingham, Alabama. I like to brag on my friends, so Aww. don't blush too much. But they've been named one of the top wedding planners by Brides Magazine and Southern Weddings and by Carrots and Cake. Yep. And they are just absolutely top notch. And so I'm so excited to have her here today, not only to share about her business and her experience, but just a little piece of her life as well and how that's tied into everything that she's been kicking ass at so far <laughs> since then. So thank you, Chris. Thanks for being here. Oh, I'm thrilled. Uh, I'm so excited just because I know a lot of the backstory of your life and how your business got started, and I'm just really excited to jump into that, if that's okay, yeah. and hear um, how you started, Maria me, why you did, and, and kind of how that intersected with different things in your
1: life, too. Okay. Perfect. Um, well, I think it's fair to say, you know, people don't dream of really being a wedding planner, I guess, but um, I always wanted to be in event planning, and um Uh, school came very hard to me Mm -hmm. and I had to study really really hard just to make A's and B's and so you know, being the doctor, lawyer, banker really was not going to be my options. <laughs> um, but you know, but where what, what was I going to be? I have no idea. Um, and so I, um, made it through high school and went to Alabama. And when I was a freshman in Alabama, I was diagnosed with cancer. And so when I, oh my gosh. um, yeah, so like 18 years old, yeah, 18, um, with sarcoma, which is a pretty scary cancer and yeah. um, can be very, very deadly, very quickly. Um, it's a soft tissue cancer, but and then it takes over your organs and it's just not a good usually outcome Um, and so that with me being so young I think um, my mom immediately, I think her coping mechanism was like, well, what are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going to be when you grow up? Kind of making think me through think. Through the future, yeah. Yes. Um, so I battled cancer. Um, we don't have enough time today to talk about that whole story. Yeah. But I battled cancer for the entire four years I was in college. And I was able oh my to gosh. stay in class and um, I had to take a little time off. During times that I got really, really sick, yeah. Um, But with that being said, um, I did kind of think through the future, and I did um, use that time to talk to people about event planning and opportunities that could maybe be, you know, ready and waiting for me when I did kind of finish my battle um, with that goal, I guess, in hopes that I would get through that hard time. Did Um, I give you
0: like some hope? Getting was it a good thing to look? Yeah. Forward to? Or how did that help you get through that challenging? It
1: just kind of was like a grasping to the future. Um, yeah. you know, and I had, come. I've always been a fighter. I've always had kind of this, you know, I, I just have to, you, you know, you have to fight. You've got to, what you yeah. want and kind of in the direction. And I think that came from, from even like as far back as with school being hard for me. Um, I was already used to having to work really hard for anything that I wanted or needed. And so then with the cancer thing, I had to really fight then. Um, And so when I got out of school, um, I went and worked for um, event planning for a university and um, got my feet wet and then went and worked for a law firm and planned all of their corporate planning for six years and just really got into the whole planning world. And that's when I found my strength and what I love and just that whole you know, organizational and, um, thinking on your feet and problem solving. And, you know, that's where I learned that problem solving is probably one of my biggest strengths. And, um, and then knowing all the people to call to build the teams and, um, is another strength of mine that I kind of figured out during that corporate planning phase of life. Um, and then I married my sweet husband who is so supportive and, um, about a month after we got married I I dropped the bomb on him that I wanted to start my own business that's amazing and he's like (laughs) what he's like what (laughs) you're gonna give up your career and your paycheck and we've been married a month um But always, you know, I, I never really ha- thought I had the opportunity to start my business because honestly, I have to have really good health insurance. Um, yeah, yeah. So not to say I used my husband for health insurance, but <laughs> I kind of um, saw it as an opportunity um, to maybe just give it a try. And totally. um, it was 2009 when everybody was struggling financially. Yeah. And so everyone said that it was probably the worst timing possible to start a wedding planning business um, because people were not probably spending as much money on weddings as they used to. or um, And people, you know, that was definitely a luxury item in hard times.
0: And I feel like knowing you, you were probably like, just watch me.
1: I did. <laughs> I did. That's exactly what I said. Um, and everybody was like, you've lost your mind? um and so I just did and I have to say I mean I probably walked dogs and nannied and just did odds and ends to kind of keep that cash flow um because Tom's big thing was like you can do whatever you want but you, you got to bring him a paycheck and so um I was planning weddings that had total budgets of a thousand dollars and I probably was making what 150 bucks to be a full service wedding planner um but I just dove in, and I just—there was no ego whatsoever, um, and what was I going to lose? I mean, there was nothing to lose, so I just kind of dove in and, and, and started planning, and um, one thing led to another, and one event and wedding led to the next and to the next, and with every one, they got bigger and better, and— um, and then uh, I found myself at the crossroads of, oh, my gosh, I think I've, I think I've built a business. Yeah.
0: How, when, would, when did that point come? Like, how many years or how many weddings in? Were you like, oh, hi. It was pretty
1: quick, Kristen. Yeah. Like, I think that it was about a year, and then I was looked around, and I had done 20 weddings. Oh, my word. And keep in mind, I mean, some were teensy-tinesy and not really worth calling Weddings, but it was it was a start to finish project, and I had to deliver a pr- I had to deliver a service that that bride would remember for the rest of her life. So whatever size wedding you want to call that, it's still important. Yeah. And um and then it was probably about a year and a half to, t- to almost two years that doing it in my basement of my home that I thought I really am onto something, and I need to make this a go at it, and I. Put my head down and worked harder than I've ever worked, um, and just started. And it was pr- it probably um, 2011 or so, 2000 between 11 and 12 around there is is when Miami started to be born, and 2013 is when we officially um, kind of branded this business into Miami and kind of the rest is history. I love that.
0: Yeah. Well, I love that even at the very beginning, and I've always felt this about you, that you treated each wedding and each client like they were the most important. Even when you were making $100 at a right. wedding, you were like, this is their important day, right. and our trust and our relationship is so important. And I think that that just like, speaks volumes mm-hmm. to you as a business owner and as just as a person. But like, what do you, can you um, almost like, Pull out thinking what you what you go into each wedding wanting that client to feel, even yeah. from the
1: beginning. So my big thing is to show up. Like, if I can say anything about life in any situation or, or, or anything, my biggest thing is I want people to know Neely Butler will always show up. And sometimes that gets me in trouble because that's as simple as, you know— if I commit to going to dinner with you and I come down to that night and I don't really need to go to dinner with you because I've had work events every night of the week or whatever, I'm not going to cancel on you. I'm going to drive to Nashville today <laughs> and do this podcast even though I've slept six hours in the last four days. You know, I will show up. You definitely I will. I show and up. I <laughs> no, And I think that's what I want. For every single client. And I think that that is what Miami has been built off of. It is built off of hard work and love and like just loving people and being nice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just working hard and everything else. um, and having faith and just knowing that like, you know, I'm in the right, I know I'm in the right place, I know I'm doing the right thing, and that I want every client to know that no matter what, Miami will show up. you know, whether that's the teeny tiny wedding or it's the big million dollar wedding, um, I'm still going to show up. It, it either way, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and I think yeah. that that's what I think that's what we're based out, off of, and I think that that's what people hire us to do.
0: Totally, yeah, definitely agree. And like, what what does that look like practically? Like um, thinking through, just I feel like y'all are so good at communicating. Mm-hmm. And, like, keeping touch with your clients throughout the whole process. Right. Like, what is that when you kind of map out what you want start to finish
1: that to look like? How does that kind of weave in? Yeah. So, well, let me first say that Marie Me is Brad's friend in French. So, when I first started, um, kind of when I rebranded and and really kind of took this, um, this career, I guess, by, you know, by the horns and kind of ran with it um, – the marketing company was kept interviewing me trying to figure out like what the same was going to be. And I kept telling them, you know, I, I don't know how else to describe it to you. It's basically like I'm the bride's best friend and there's nothing that I will not do for her. She's hired me to, to deliver the most important day of her life and I'm going to be her best friend. And if you would do it for your your fr- friend, why would you not do it for this bride? And so um, I, the process at which I think that's what you were asking me is that, you know, we we want the client to know how much we care. You know, so when they hire us from the very m- first meeting or call, I want them to automatically, I want them to feel that connection of like, we're normal people um, and we want to be your best friend and I want to get into your head and I want to get into your heart and I want to be the person that you call with Um, anxieties. I want to be the person that you call in the morning because you stayed awake worrying about something. I want to be the person that you can lean on um, to make sure something gets done and that you can trust. And so um, the client experience for us is that we want to get to know our clients so well that they feel like Well, yeah, I love the girls at Miami. They're like my best friends, and they just happen to know how to plan weddings really well too. So then, by the time you know you get to that wedding weekend, it's the easiest weekend because I know my clients so well that I can predict how they're going to feel, and I can predict the anxieties that they're going to have, and we can, you know, pave the road for the weekend for a successful weekend because we know them so well. But in return they treat us like friends too. And then it's just a win-win because you've got a bunch of friends working together to deliver this perfect product. And it's not, um, it's not so cookie cut, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not so yeah, rigid.
0: Totally. Yeah. And that makes such a difference, just that relationship and that trust that y'all build. And I love that I'm talking with you about client experience because I've always just been like, how you make people feel at the end of something is, like, just as important, if not more, than the final product. Like, Absolutely. delivering a gorgeous wedding, of course, is important. But if they walk out being like, I... She was mean. Yeah, she was mean, or right. I didn't feel connected to her at all, or she didn't know my fiancé's name or something, right. like, that stuff sticks with people.
1: You know, I was telling my husband um, one of our weddings this weekend... um happened to be for one of my dearest friends. But the fun part about this is that this lady hired me to plan her daughter's sweet 16 years and years ago. She was truly one of my first paying clients back in that 2009 year where my husband thought I had lost my mind. Well, that's when I planned the sweet 16, and it was this beautiful party for a 16-year-old. And this family trusted me to plan this party when no one yet had, no one knew who I was at that point. And so they kind of went out on a limb to hire me. Now, granted, it was a sweet 16. It wasn't a wedding. But we created this friendship way back in the day, and we've become very best friends. And, you know, she's probably one of my closest friends at this point. I knew that eventually this daughter was going to need to get married. And, I, of course, I'm going to do the wedding at this point because we're such good friends. And so I did her wedding um, this weekend, and... It was fun for me because it, it it was an emotional wedding for me because I was making emotional decisions because she truly was, like, the dearest friend that I have. But she was also a client. I mean, she was paying me to deliver a perfect product. Um, but because of the friendship that's there, you know, things are going to happen. It, it was a monsoon all day, like, just rained, rained and, and rained, rained yeah. and rained and rained. But when you have that friendship there— You are willing to do anything to make it happen for them. And they also, in return, have the friendship for us that they know that we're already doing anything and everything. So then like when things do come up like rain, everybody's in it from such a good place in their hearts, and everybody knows that they're making the best decision they can. It just makes for a a less stressful day Mm -hmm. for the client and for us because then it's like, yeah, if... I think most of the time our business at that point is then all referral. So like, oh hire Maria and me. They're so nice. They're they're like the cutest group of girls because they're just love us and it was great. Oh and oh by the way, our wedding was flawless. Mm-hmm. So I feel yeah. like you can deliver. What a, a referral. Product. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So Yeah, and like having I think it's so important going in and knowing like it, it clicked for me when I was doing weddings for my friends early in my business. And then I started having other people who didn't know me hire me. And there was a moment of tension mm-hmm. of, I am I feel like I'm delivering such a great experience for my friends. And it's there's always a little bit tricky with people I don't know. Mm-hmm. I went, what if I tried to make all of my clients feel right. like we'd been friends for a really mm-hmm. long time? Like how much better could I deliver mm-hmm. the final product that way? And so that was when I had like a big aha of like, what what separates my friends and our relationship from someone who's not my friend? Like, I know all their family. I know right. their names. I know their background mm-hmm. stories. I know, mm-hmm. you know, all this information on them. I know their dynamics and, like, tension that might happen behind the scenes. Right. And when I started trying to learn that from each,
1: each of my clients, it made such a big difference. A huge, and I think that that's something, you know— I think listeners are probably like, well, you're not friends with every person that hires you. I mean, we do weddings all over the world. Like, of course, I don't know every client that comes in our door. I barely know any of our clients anymore. Um, But it's my job to get to know you. And, you know, especially with technology today, there's so much like emailing back and forth. So, like, it's very common for us to have a bride, let's say, in Dallas, Texas, who wants to get married in California. And my office is in Birmingham. Well, naturally, yeah. How do you do we're, that? yeah naturally, we're going to email a lot. So much emotion is lost in email. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really encourage, like that, especially that first meeting, that first planning meeting. Like, hey, come to my office. I know coming to Birmingham is completely out of the way, but come to my office. See my office. Meet our team. Know where we come from. It's almost like going to someone's home. You learn so much more about them. Because I think that if the client can learn me and my environment and know that you know, they see our personality, um, that, that connection is formed and then you can hopefully establish a strong connection and then you can then communicate via email or text or whatever. But inevitably there's always going to be a moment in any friendship or in any relationship, professional relationship, that there becomes tension Especially, when we're talking about weddings, right? And that just comes—that's
0: just, just kind of <laughs> just natural. Like naturally, naturally going to be some
1: tension. tension, and you know, it's funny is that I'll get an email, and it's from a bride, and you can—I can clearly tell that she's frustrated, and she's frustrated over the color taupe, right? Well, let's be honest, <laughs> color taupe is not the end of the world, right? But to her, it is, yeah. And for whatever reason, she, she, is, she, is, she, is, she is all oh, upset about this about color this taupe. taupe. Right, right. And I can tell, and, and and it may even be a snippy email at someone on my team of like, well, how dare you not understand that I care that the taupe has more brown in it than gray. And we all are like, what in the world? Why is she so excited, you know, upset about this? That's when you immediately pick up the phone. And that is what I drill into our team. I'm like, no, 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 don't you dare respond via email. She's having a moment. She's not mad at us about the color taupe. She's frustrated about something else, or she's nervous that she's picking the wrong thing. Just call her. And so you pick up the phone, and you call her, and you're like, Hey, listen, I just want to talk to you about this color taupe situation. And then immediately, either the 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 situation is resolved or her anxiety is diffused, or we do find out that it's something else. It's like, oh, you know, my cat died or, 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 you know, or whatever. There's always something else to it. Oh,
0: totally. And so you
1: just pick up the phone.
0: And when you go into a situation of tension being like, I know you're a person mm-hmm. and I'm a person too. Let's meet in the middle and find like empathy for each other there's always a way to figure this out right so like let's talk there that's such a good tip about phone calls and like believing the best in people and just be like get
1: on the yeah, phone let's just talk and I think too when you know that you're coming from when the client knows I'm coming from it for, with a heart for them and for their situation and then I know that that client also is coming to it with the same heart you can solve any problem Totally. Any problem in the world. I mean, that's what I love problem solving. But I too I think it comes back to like, you know, my time battling cancer. Like this isn't cancer. This isn't people starving and to death. You know, we're talking right. about the color of taupe here.
0: Right. Let's it's, come is there a way that you diffuse that situation without saying, like, girl, I've had cancer? You're like, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, I
1: don't, you know you, you have to be sympathetic to their stress. Right. There are some times that I want to shake them and say, get over the color type. You're acting like a fool. Yeah. But that isn't the way you can handle it because at the end of the day, I need to work with them for another ten months, and I need right. them to like still like me and trust me, and I need to be their friend. And so, like showing some somebody, somebody like some just some good old empathy and like grace, you're like, hey, I hear you, I hear you, I, I know you're upset about it. I can't say I agree with you, but I hear you, right? And I'm sorry you're upset. But this is how I think. I think at some point you also. I, I come from a person who speaks my mind. I do. I I am not going to um, beat around the bush. And I'm not going to waste all of our time feeding a fire. And so when we do have a client that is upset or mad, I pick up the phone and I call them. And whether they're mad at us, or they're mad at another vendor, or they're mad about a situation, I hear them, I listen to them, I reason with them, and I try and guide them just as if I would anybody to say, hey, I, I get you, but let me explain to you kind of where that vendor's coming from. And I think if you understood where that vendor was coming from, you wouldn't be so angry. And let me help you, like, just kind of see the whole big picture, because I think you're focusing on the wrong, you know the wrong little piece of the puzzle and, and you're not seeing the big picture. And that's what my job is as a planner is to diffuse situations. It's not to feed drama. Right. You totally. Know, I, I think that the wedding world can sometimes get very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that the wedding world can get very egotistical.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you mind talking about that? Because I feel like you have every reason to be egotistical, but you aren't. So Be like, you have the the awards and the publications. Like, what do? How do you
1: keep? How do you stay?
0: How yeah? How do you stay grounded?
1: Well, I think my team would appreciate it maybe if I did get a little more ego (laughs) in the mix. I don't know where that comes from. at engaged the engaged conference one time. They talked a lot about you know the imposter syndrome of you're never good enough. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that comes from. I just want more and I just, I'm not settled yet. I I want more. And so I don't, I don't know. I don't, I do think that there's probably days that I could have a little bigger ego, but at the end of the day, I think my disposition and my outlook on all this is probably serving me well and is probably building my business more than I think is that I do think that the ego, when I meet a vendor that is so full of ego and take themselves so seriously, how can they be that approachable to their client? and right. i think that that is where the bride's friend keeps us booking wedding after wedding after wedding because they we are approachable and i always want to be approachable and so i think if sometimes people could not take themselves so seriously that maybe the client would feel more comfortable reaching out and connecting with that vendor.
0: Yeah. Well, and I I think that there's almost this belief in the industry that if you want to um, do a certain type of wedding, you have to have a certain attitude. Mm-hmm. And I haven't found that to be true at all, but I see people get caught in that thought process a lot. and I think it actually hurts them.
1: And I do think that there's two sides of this. I think that the, within the wedding world, we all are comparing each other. Ourselves to the next vendor. I mean, I think I look at other wedding planners and say, God, I wish I was them. I wish I was as polished as that planner, or I wish I was as um, confident, or I wish I was, you know, better at Instagram and showing that I'm important too, you know. And so it's all within the wedding world and with vendor to vendor. It's like we all want to justify how hard we're working. Right. Because totally. let's be honest, we're all working really hard. Yeah. If we weren't, we wouldn't.
0: We wouldn't have a business. <laughs> we, we wouldn't have a business.
1: So I think we're it's, we're all working hard. We all have, you know, made it in some way, shape, or form, or we wouldn't be here. And I think that we're constantly trying to compare ourselves to each other to try and justify, no, but I've really made it. Well. Re- you know what I mean? But then when but then you've got the world of clients, they don't care. Right. So it's like two different worlds. And me comparing myself and trying to prove to the best planner in the world that I actually am someone and I actually do have really good clients. And I'm doing some pretty badass weddings all over this country. Isn't going to get me the next client.
0: Right, right. That
1: planner isn't hiring me. Right. You know? Totally. So then it's kind of like I sometimes feel like I need to wear two hats because I do think that the ego is good because I think the ego drives you. Yeah. The ego, my internal ego gets me up every morning. Totally. And then my internal ego makes me work hard and fight like hell. And I dare anyone to work harder than me. I mean, that is what my ego does, but then I need to put my ego down and take that hat off and I need to be a real human being that makes mistakes. And Kate, remember if today is Monday or Tuesday because I'm so overbooked. <laughs> and I still need to be able to show that client that I care enough to go have coffee with her, even though I planned her wedding six years ago. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to totally. take the ego off so that you can be just a normal human being that is approachable so that the next client wants to hire you.
0: Totally. Okay, so another question, because you do so many weddings that aren't near your hometown, how are you cultivating that relationship? And, like, how many times are you traveling back and forth? Are you doing Skype calls? Mm -hmm. Like, what are some practical ways that you build that friendship from a distance?
1: So we don't have, like... The way our business is structured, we're a full-service planning company. So I, I basically tell people, I'm going to do whatever it takes to plan your wedding and meet as many times as we need to meet, talk as much as we need to. But in all reality is that when a client is not in Birmingham or the wedding's not in Birmingham and we're not have that opportunity to, like, meet on a monthly basis or a weekly basis or whatever – you kind of have to carve in time. And so I feel like you've got to show that client how much you care before you, like, so if we have an in-office in like office first meeting and you hit it off and everything's great, that's usually a huge step up, you know, a leg up on this whole thing. And then you email a bunch and then we plan the site visit and we go and we meet at the venue and let's just say it's in North Carolina. So we all meet in North Carolina, and we schedule as many wedding meetings as we, as we possibly can. Well, that's usually consistent of either one to two nights, right? So we meet, and we're very prepared for that meeting because we've got to catch up almost. Like, not that the client is upset or we're upset, but we haven't had that FaceTime for the last eight weeks, and they don't know us that well. So we go to that meeting Overly prepared, and we go to that meeting so organized. This is where we're going to meet, this is who we're going to meet, this is the agenda, you know. And we come prepared, we're not taking other, I'm not working on anyone else for those two days. I don't even answer my husband's phone calls for two days. I am 100% devoted to this client, and I think that when you hit the ground running like that with them. By the end of the first day, they feel so loved that they have Marami there pouring their heart and soul into their wedding and saying, yes, Let's like more, more, more. Let's go see the hotels. Let's go walk the path. Let's go figure this out, you know, and just wanting to do more, more, more and more while we're there together. I think by the time that first night comes around, we usually go to dinner and that's where you can like relax and you can actually talk about things like children and pets and history and, you know, my husband and my child. And, and, and they get to know me as a human, and I get to know them as a human because we're kind of tired of talking about weddings So we've been talking about it for the last seven hours. But they don't feel neglected that we're not talking about weddings because we've busted our fanny all day. Does that make sense? Oh, totally, yeah. And it's so weird for me is that if if and when, like— a client's like, so to, Neely, tell me about yourself. I'm like, oh, I've got my husband, and I have a five-year-old little boy named Bruce, and I've got these two stepdaughters. And then sometimes, even if like they, they dig as deep to find out that I've been sick, and I've battled cancer, and I've been divorced, and I've gotten remarried, and I have an opportunity to kind of give them who I am as a person. My favorite part is when the light bulb goes off, and I can see it in their eyes, and they look at me, and they're like, "Holy cow, you are a human." Yeah. <laughs> There's life. <laughs> it's crazy. To, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> There's life to you beyond weddings. Yeah. And they can connect, and we can connect about something, and usually during that conversation, we have something so in common. Whether it's been, oh my gosh, my brother had that kind of cancer, or oh, I didn't know you were married right out of college and that didn't work and you had to get divorced. Tell me about that. You know, and I'm an open book because at the end of the day, I mean, that's just what yeah, we are. Yeah, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I had anything. Yeah, like, I, and so I usually use that to my advantage, and then they're open to me, and then it's almost like the barriers are are down, and we're now, guess what, friends. yeah. And we sit there and we talk, we have a glass of wine, we stay up too late, you know, we're usually staying in the same place, even better, they've had us to their home, and we're all sitting around and we've gotten to know, know each other so well that we go to sleep that night feeling like I'm now on a girl's trip with my girlfriends, wake up the next morning and then I bust my fanny again for them. Those trips are priceless for me and that's when we bond. Totally. And so it usually only takes that one trip and I may never see that I might not even if I don't have the luxury of seeing the client again once I have that trip every phone call from there on forward is different. Every email is different. If 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 something does happen in the planning, picking up the phone and saying, "Hey, you know, let me tell you where I'm coming from on this or how I'm feeling about this." It's just so much easier. So our process is having as many face-to-face meetings as we possibly can, but every client and every destination is different. Right. Um, But I definitely, I can't, the weddings that I don't ever get to connect with the bride on a personal level, I feel like I'm constantly struggling. They don't feel that. I just feel like that because I don't feel like I know them well enough, and I don't know, and I want to make sure that they feel so much love that I never really know if they feel it because we haven't been able to connect. Right. Yeah. Um, I've got a wedding coming up that I sent an email out yesterday that I was like, Hey, I just want to come see you. I'll just hop on a plane. And she, you know, clients do pay for my travel. Um, And she was like, God, ah, you know, I would love for you to come. I, I think it would be awesome. But, you know, I feel like with the budget and stuff, I just think that my dad's probably not looking for a second planning trip. Well, honestly, I just want to go like, I don't care. I'll just I'll just go. Now I can't do that every time. We're all running a business. I've got you know, but sometimes it's just necessary as a business owner to do what you feel in your gut is the right thing to do. And if you do what's right and what makes someone feel more confident and less anxious, it's worth the money or it's worth your time to do. Because at the end of the day, her wedding weekend will be more enjoyable for me. And it'll be more enjoyable for her if she is more confident between now and the wedding.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And if
1: it's a one plane ticket, so be it.
0: Right. You know. Yeah. You're like that makes that you willing to go above and beyond to make such a difference, and it feeds into everything else too. Because you know, if you have one client that's really difficult, that things aren't working out well, it affects everything else, not just in your life, but in your business, and like it. Oh. Pours into everything. So if there's something you're like, oh yeah, it's a three hundred dollar plane ticket
1: to but, make me feel better.
0: Yeah, to make you feel better, it's totally worth right. it, and it makes everything. And sometimes, else better, honestly, too.
1: it's all me. You oh, know, yeah. like I, yeah. maybe I'm the one that's having the little, hey, I I just need to see you one more time before your big day. But you're right. I think too, the emotional side of this business is what wears people out. Mm-hmm. And you know. People look at my life and say, you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. There's no way you can, you know, do this day in and day out. And I I argue that. But I do think if if there was one thing that was going to make me ever burn out, it's the emotional side of this business.
0: 100%.
1: And feeling like I am 100% responsible of somebody else's feelings is the toughest thing that I face every single morning. I can plan a wedding in 2.2 seconds is the emotional feedback, the anxieties from someone else that I cannot control what fogs the process.
0: Totally. Yeah, and I believe the same thing about photography is I and I say this over and over, I'm like there is a huge emotional component to this business that so many photographers try to pretend doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. But like we're not only responsible for how their wedding day goes along with the planner, but like how they feel about themselves by how they see like they're mirrored back Mm -hmm. in our, in our Mm -hmm. photos. So like our, their body image is like somewhat in our hands too. And (laughs) our, you know, our relationship with them, how they feel at the end of it. And so I feel the same way. Like if they, if, um, the trips where a client can fly me to them for their engagement session, and then we go to dinner and we have drinks And we know each other and we connect and I can be like, look, like I, all I want is for you to be like extremely happy this whole time. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything, you know, building that trust is so, so, so important. And the clients where maybe they're so busy, they can't do that face to face Mm -hmm. as much that it's harder for me because like, all I want to know is that I'm making someone someone happy, (laughs) you know, right. So what do you do in the situation where maybe there's a client that's less than happy or they're just, they're, it's just difficult. more difficult along the process?
1: So, I mean, I, people ask me all the time, like, do you work with Bradzillas? I have people ask me that too.
0: I'm like, "No, really. <laughs> I was like, no.
1: <laughs> but yes, I mean, to be completely honest, yes, there's clients that I like more than others, you know, and that's life. And at the end of the day, they've hired me to to deliver a product and a service. And we're going to do that regardless if we get along or not. It's so much more fun for me and so much more fun for them if we do. But I think different personalities handle situations differently. And weddings, like we've said, are very emotional. Um, It's a lot of anxiety. It's a big change for them. It's just a lot going on personally for them. And the way a wedding, it either brings out the best in you or it can sometimes bring out the worst in you. And someone who is completely delightful and level-headed and normal could be that way, and then they get engaged, they could completely turn and change. And I've seen that happen, too. Um, And so, you know, constantly showing them, like, you know, if a client does get difficult, that's when I'll pick up the phone more often. I, you know, am honest. I, I tell them where I'm coming from and where they're coming from. And we try and just like continue to talk and talk and talk and try and, you know, connect as much as we can. But I do tell people like the harder you are on a vendor and the you want to think, well, this is my most important day and I'm spending all this money and I'm going to tell them exactly how I feel and how I want it. And the diva all that does is make the vendor not want to work for you. And that happens to me too as a planner. You know,
0: right.
1: if you're they're not going to work harder for you, no, if you're difficult, no, if you're difficult, it honestly makes me want to hide and go work on somebody else.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm going to push this yeah, to the because like, I'm afraid of it. Right. <laughs> and it gives me
1: anxiety to respond to the email. It gives me anxiety to work on your design plan because you're difficult. I know you're going to pick me apart. I know you're not going to like anything that I say. I know you're going to be, you're going to criticize every move my team makes. And this isn't us. It's you, you know? And when they, And you'll say that to someone? Well, I will let it go. I will let, my job, I feel like one of the things that is probably one of my biggest strengths, or from what I've been told, is that I can manage clients well. I can manage their expectations and I can, and I can manage, you know, their, their, Pers- their emotions, as well as I can. Now it's because I I feel like with my life, you know that I've that I've lived, I feel like I can deliver this message nicely but direct. Totally, yeah. And if they good, if they know if I'm coming from a good heart, then they know I'm not trying to be mean. But I'm not going to beat around the bush and like waste everybody's time. I'm just going to cut to the chase. Um, a lot of times, too. I mean, I've got seven other employees at Rammy and what they tell me is, you know, they like working for me because I've always got their back. Well, when, if we get an email and a client's being super difficult about our invitation, you know, our graphic designer can get very frustrated and and not want to work on it and feel like I can't please this client. And. That's when I usually pick up the phone and call the client. and Say, "Hey, look, you you you're being really critical over the size of the, the of your names or whatever." And it's you just gotta pick up the phone and talk to them. But you gotta be direct. And at some point, you also don't have to take it. Like, yeah, you, you can get, push back. Yeah, and I feel like if you push back in a respectful way, it usually um, I always say, "Let's just nip this in the bud." And when I say that in the office, everybody knows. Oh no. <laughs> Neely's reached her breaking yeah, point. Yeah, this is the point. This is the point, and you know, you just have to be honest with the client. Hey, look, we can't continue to work like this. We love what we do. This is a fun thing for us, and this is no longer fun. And if you don't trust me, and you don't have confidence in me to deliver what you hired me to do, then we're not the planner for you. And I can say in ten years, that's happened twice. Right. But both times it needed to happen, and you know, we're not made for everybody. Right,
0: having some boundaries and saying we're not going to put up with mistreatment. But we're here for you. We love you. We love you. you. And we
1: will. And I will say we've we've had it happen to where you know a mother of the bride just kind of you know went a little nuts, and it was that we got to nip it in the bud, and I dressed it straight on. And the client came back and said, I'm so sorry. I was out of line. I just think I get anxious and I don't know how to handle myself. And I'm so sorry. And you know what? I picked up the phone the very next day. I was like, all right, can y'all come in and let's talk flowers? Like, you've got to move on. Yeah, just keep moving. And yes, come. you've got you've got to give grace the same way that you want to receive grace. That you mess up and I can be mean or I can get irritable. And um, if somebody forgives me for my behavior, then I need to forgive them for their behavior and I need to be able to move on. But you don't have to be bullied,
0: right? Exactly, and that's so important. If you're running a business, is to have that like perfect blend of both,
1: right? And what is it that sometimes like I think some people hire people to feel like they. I've, I've hired a wedding planner to tell them what to do. I've hired a wedding planner to you know. That's not the client that you want, and so I think if you portray the image of. I'm a normal person. I don't have I don't have this huge ego. I'm friends, you know, I, thankfully I don't think I draw that client.
0: Right. Yeah. No. And I don't think I do either. You attract what you put out. So exactly. if you're putting out approachability and kindness, uh, people are always like, "You attract like really great clients and really great um like coaching clients. How do you do that?" I was like, "Well, you be the person that you want to work with, exactly. and then they come into you." So um yeah I totally see that happening with mm. y'all's business as well.
1: And I also think that you can learn from every client. I mean we we've had a very very difficult client that wanted to you know only perfection. Um and the pressure of perfection weighed on me for a year. And it affected my every move, it affected me personally, it affected me at home. There was so much pressure of perfection that when the wedding was all said and done and it was perfect my husband was like whoa welcome back you're normal again oh my gosh <laughs> and, and it probably didn't feel worth it either and, right I know. Like, and that's i was so much pressure i grew a lot from it and it was amazing and the business probably will grow from it um but i think as a planner you need to people need to decide like at what level in the business do you really want to be in? Because I've once had somebody say you don't ha- like you don't have to be luxury of all luxury wedding planners that are only dealing with million dollar clients because let me assure you of one thing if you're planning a million dollar wedding the pressure of perfection is so great you need to be ready to be able to handle it. And thankfully, you know, we have had the opportunity to to grow and plan these big, big, big weddings. And as a team, because I have such a support system within our company, that we can do that. But if you're not ready for that, don't put the cart before the horse. Don't let that wedding crumble you. If you're not mature enough, And I say that in a positive way, like we're all growing, I'm maturing every single day. But if I had been asked to plan some of the weddings I'm working on now, five years ago, I would have crumbled. And that could have very well been the end of me. So I feel like you need to know like kind of what personalities and what size weddings you emotionally can handle so that you don't crumble and become the drama that you don't want to be, and you don't want your your clients to be. Does that make sense?
0: That is such great advice. That's really great advice. Well, we have just a couple minutes okay. left. Do you have a couple uh, little nuggets for people that are mm-hmm. out there starting their creative business, whether it's wedding planning or photography? Like, what would be your big like takeaway or piece of advice for someone kind of new?
1: Um, I would probably say I have a lot that I could say, but um, relationships. And I say that in the sense that you never know when you're going to need somebody or you're going to need help with a certain thing. So from the day one of starting your business, treat people in every level with kindness because you might not see that person again for 10 years. But in 10 years, I have found myself calling back on people that I met 10 years ago and needing their help or finding myself working with them again. And even if there is that difficult relationship at the time, if you are kind, it's just so much easier. Um, And I feel like my business has been built because of the people I have surrounded myself with and the way that I've treated people. I hope attracts people to want to work with Mariami, and, and that is what has taken Mariami to all these really great levels and these great places. So just being nice—it's pretty easy, though. I love that. Sorry, <laughs> that's not a very deep no. Answer. It's crazy.
0: That's so good. I know. Well, it sounds simple, but a lot of people don't do it. So it's really great advice. Good. Well, Neely, thank you so much for coming and sitting on my porch and for sharing all your wisdom. Make sure if you're listening to this that you go and follow Marie Me, and Neely on Instagram. They're amazing. I'll tag them in the show notes. But thanks for listening to the porchcast and I hope you come back next time. Thanks, Kristen. You
1: know what to do now. I don't know.
0: In the corner taking me for a ride Into the motion we're exploding out of trouble